This is a Sandy Boy Productions podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome to All Have Another Podcast with Lindsay Hine. I'm your host, Lindsay, and I'm so grateful you are here today. I've got a great episode here with Eleanor Fulton, who has had an incredible year on the track and the roads. And I'm so excited to be a part of telling her story. It needs to be out there. She is a 1500 meter runner, but as of late, you might also call her an 800 meter runner and a 5K runner. She has ran a personal best in distances from the 800 to the 5K all this year. The 1500 is definitely her specialty, but she ran a two minute flat 800 and a 1519 5K this year as well. She PR'd the mile at the Sir Walter mile in 423, placing second. And she most recently placed third at the New York Roadrunners Fifth Avenue mile. That was a really big race for her. Uh, Last year she placed seventh. So placing third was a big deal. And I gotta tell you guys, I said second, you placed second in the interview when I was chatting with her and I feel like an idiot. I knew she placed second at Sir Walter and third in, in, in New York, but I still said it wrong. And so I just wanna let you know, I said it wrong. So don't hate on me, it happens. Um, she corrects me though in the episode. Eleanor is coached by Dina Evans. She works full-time in software marketing. Uh, She's currently unsponsored, and she talks about that a lot in this episode and what it means to be an unsponsored athlete. I won't go into it. She goes into it. You don't need to hear it from me. But uh, really excited for Eleanor and what's ahead for her. Friends, I am raising money for Every Mother Counts, which is an organization that helps provide safe maternal care to women all around the globe. Really excited about that. I'm raising money as I train for the New York City Marathon. I'm going to link to my fundraising page in the show notes at sandyboyproductions.com. And I would just appreciate it so much if you would consider being a part of this. I have a pretty big goal of raising $10,000. I figured if I was going to do it, I would set my goal high and try to really make a dent in what Every Mother Counts is doing. So also you can find my fundraising page if you go to my Instagram, lindsayhines626. Um, I have that linked in my profile as well. All right, friends, leave us a rating and review if you enjoy this show and check out all the other shows in the Sandy Boy Productions network, sandyboyproductions.com. Most recently, we've launched the Ready to Run podcast and dang, the most recent episode over there with Kelsey Pontius, who is a sports dietitian. You got to listen to it. She talks about nutrition for injured runners or people coming back from injury and why nutrition is so important during that time period. It's important to really fuel our bodies well when we're healing. Go listen to that. It's called Ready to Run Podcast. All right, friends, please enjoy my conversation with the wonderful Eleanor Fulton. Today on All Have Another, we have Eleanor Fulton on the show. Welcome to the show, Eleanor. Thank you. You're having quite a successful year. Congratulations. Thanks. Yeah, it was a fun year. Um, So you're back in Colorado where your parents live because they're the best dog sitters. That is true. Yeah. <laughs> it's a, And it's not close. It's a it's a 20-hour drive. So that's next weekend's problem. But uh, for now, it's also it's a really pretty town here. It, it's kind of a fun place to be. Um, I have to tell you, your dog, Letty, I have a niece, yeah. I have a niece named Letty. Do you? I love the name. I chose the name. Um, <laughs> it's the best name. I think it's great. I thought it was super cute. She came uh Humane Society. She was named Butter. Mm. And I was mm. like, oh, that's cute. But like, it's not, you're not Butter. So uh, <laughs> yeah, I changed her name. And yeah, we love it. And we get a lot of I imagine your niece might too, like a lot of questions about it. They're like, Lottie? And you're like, ah, close enough. Like, yeah. Yeah. People are not as familiar with the name, but I think it's super cute. I mean, Lottie's really cute too. It is cute. Yeah. Well, when my sister named her daughter Letty, she's six now, I was like, I've literally, I don't think I've ever heard that name before. Where did you find it? 
Yeah, I think it's like super old school. I think my mom knew a Letty. So it is like, it's a pretty old name. So kind of old fashioned. There was also another shelter dog named Letty that we were thinking about. And I was like, oh, I love the name. Yeah. Like, so took the name, different dog. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, our dog is also, we got her from the Humane Society and her name is Cadence, but um, it's actually really sad because she's like getting really old and. Oh, it breaks your heart. <sighs> yeah, she's 15. Uh, but um, her name hard. was Sasha when we okay. got her. Yeah. <laughs> and we changed that real quick. Yeah, totally. Like multiple people named. So- yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's it's an okay thing to do, I think. But yeah, I, we're getting to the point where she's seen probably her last year or, I mean, you don't know, but like, you yeah, it's hard. hard. It's so hard. Uh, so anyway, okay. So you finished off your season at the Fifth Avenue Mile, placing second. How excited were you about that? I was third. Um, oh. For one thing. What is wrong with me? But I'm like, you're good. Yeah. Got a lot going on. Um, yeah, I was super excited. Um, that for me was like a pretty big step forward. I've kind of had a pattern where I tend to race my best at really like small, low key meets. And so I have a lot of my PRs are from like very, very tiny meets. And so this for me was a little bit of kind of a step in the right direction where I won't say the first time ever, but maybe that, you know, I've been able to like race a really good field and still feel like I performed to my best. So that was exciting for me. Yeah. What were your thoughts going into? I mean, you've run, you've run that race before you placed seventh last year. Yeah. I was pretty scared of the field this year. (laughs) Like what? is this field and so I had come from Europe and so I kind of had fun in Europe we did a couple days in Switzerland we were hiking around and so felt like I landed in the U.S. Um, Scott my husband was in Europe with me and so he went home from Europe and so all of a sudden I'm like alone I'm in the States and it it all just kind of sunk in so I was pretty nervous before this race. And talk about the race like when you made moves and whatnot? Yeah, I was pretty, I think I was able to find, you know, people kind of talk about a flow state just so that you aren't thinking the whole time. And so I feel like I was able to tap into that. I think right off, you know, from the gun, they kind of like, they line you up for TV. And so I knew I'd kind of be like, like, okay, I'm going to start in the second row, but that's fine. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, talked to me about it. It was like, okay, I don't love this, but, like, it's so, you know, I expected it, which was good. And I was also, I was lined up right behind Nikki, and I was like, okay, like, Nikki's going to have a good race. This is a great place to be. This is fine. And so, yeah, the race started out, we were out really fast. And so I remember looking at the clock, like, 30 seconds in and being like, okay, like, <laughs> this is going to hurt. Um And then from there, I feel like I was just kind of able to tap into the right headspace where you're just reacting and you're not so much thinking, you know, you're not really in your head. And so that for me was pretty helpful. I was able to kind of pass a few people towards the end. And I was telling myself, just like, don't think about who that is. Like, just go. (laughs) It's just the person. Like, do not, like, you can think about this later. Like, um, trying really hard to just race like bodies and not accolades because um, mm. it was a pretty intimidating field. So yeah, that that ended up great. I was really um, in the race. I remember being pretty happy. I was in like fourth and I was like, wow, this is a great day for me. <laughs> and It's like, okay, like one more push, like go, go try and get third. Um, so that was exciting. Yeah. And I was a little, I was pretty surprised at the end. Yeah. I feel like when you race at the level you race at, though, you have to race bodies and not accolades because no matter where you are, there's going to be so many amazing people. Yeah, totally. And like, I'm always intimidated by that. So that's kind of why it was sort of a big step forward for me. Um, Just not kind of getting in my own way with that kind of thing. 
you know, you're being talked about in the writing media more than you probably ever have been. Do you feel like now that people know your name more and the women on the scene know your name, but the fans and more people are like Eleanor Fulton, she's not sponsored. Who's this? She's placing high in these big races. But do you feel like that gives you a little bit more confidence? Like I belong with this group of people. I would say for me, I think the confidence comes more from my results than like being known, Mm. but I am more confident for sure. And so I feel like for me, like having run some of the times that I've run, I'm like, okay, well that's fast. That's in the right ballpark. So I think I've gained confidence from that. You know, one of my favorite things about this podcast is finding people and talking to people who aren't necessarily getting like their stories told. Like, why have you not been on my podcast? Like, why have I not pitched you two years ago, three years ago? And um, it's just so fun to hear the stories, like hear what this has looked like for you because you're out here with these women. Are you 30? I'm 29. 29. Okay. When's 30 coming? Still in my 20s. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. When do you turn 30? May. Okay, May. But you've been doing this for a long time. Like you've really been running for a long time. Yeah, yeah. This was my third time at Fifth Ave. You know, my first time was like pre-pandemic. I have been out here for a while. Like I do have, and this is something I try and use when I go into a race. It's like I have too much experience to not have like learned from it. Like I can't keep making, you know, the same mistakes because I have run I run a lot of road miles and like that was something at Fifth Ave, like maybe my competitors haven't and they are a little bit different. Um, yeah, I have, I've been out here for a while. What are the things that you said, like you've made mistakes, you don't need to keep making them. Like what are shifts that you've made and changes that you've made this year? I just think I'm a more confident racer. I think historically I've kind of struggled with getting really nervous and kind of getting in my own way. And mm. I, I still do that. You know, I, that's not something, you know, I wish I could say, Oh, I used to do that. Um, I don't think I can fully say that I'm 100% over that, but that used to be like a pretty big obstacle for me. So yeah, years of doing it and years of, you know, maybe disappointing myself or it's a terrible feeling. I mean, you're a runner to feel like you're not finishing on empty you're like what did I just do like what Mm. was up with that um so I've had you know I've made all those mistakes um so let's walk back to your history a little bit so that you know we like I said we should have done this interview three years ago but here we are now not necessarily yeah (laughs) thank you for having me on um but I do want to learn and share with the listeners more about your life and your history with running I know that you started running when you were super young. You grew up in Colorado and this has kind of been part of your life forever. That's super true. It, it has been. Yeah. Um, tell me about your childhood though. Like what brought you to running at seven years old? And I want, I'm curious about your parents and how they instilled this love in your life. Yeah. I come from just a super active family. And so both my parents, they pretty much ran every day. I also tried, you know, I think a lot of runners, like I kind of tried other sports and it wasn't a supernatural fit. Um, <laughs> I think like years of hard work can start to kind of look like talent. But like I started at a very young age because I was not a super good soccer player, basketball player, you know, it was okay at lacrosse. Some of the more fun sports I tried, they didn't necessarily click super well, but running it kind of seemed like and especially at a young age, like you could kind of get out of it what you put into it. Um, I had an older cousin that had gone to, that was like really successful with track and ended up going to Chico State for track. And so I like kind of looked up to her and was like, okay, like that's cool. I want to try track and just kind of fell in love with it. I stuck with it for, you know, a really long time. I started younger than I think a lot of my competitors and yeah, I've just kind of never lost the love of it. How did you decide to go to the University of Washington? Yeah, that was a, I really liked, I kind of wanted to be out of state. I had a lot of high school classmates that 
were in state. And so that was kind of a tough decision because, mm-hmm. you know, CU is a great running school. And so, you know, I did the recruiting process and I really, for me, like the team fit at UW, just like the people on my visit felt like a very natural fit to me. And so I think that was the biggest factor. I was ready for something new. You know, I was 18. I was ready to move away from home. I wanted to try out of state. I wanted to go to a big state school. Mm. And so that felt like a great fit. I knew that UW had had a lot of success with both cross country and track. Um, They've had, I think at the time, Katie Follett was like really running well and she's also from Colorado. So it was like, oh, that's cool. Like, you know, it kind of gave me a path I felt like I could go follow. Um, So those were kind of my factors, I guess, that influenced that decision. And what was your college racing experience like? It was crap. (laughs) (laughs) I think I underachieved the whole time. found out I had celiac disease. I passed out in some of my races. I I think my first 1500, my freshman year, I ran 420 and people are like, okay, like you have a bright future here. And then by the time I left, I'd run 419. Mm. <laughs> so it, um, things just did not play out the way, you know, I would have written it for myself or, you know, it didn't quite go the way I expected it. Um, I dealt with injury. I I think I was in my own way in terms of the way that I raced or my own expectations. Um, I thought it was hard. I kind of struggled through college running. Yeah. And then after college, like, when did you say, I'm going to like get on this pro circuit? Yeah. I um, had talked to a coach in Portland, Jonathan Marcus. And at the time he was very interested in having me join his group. And I was not really a hot commodity coming out of college. And so I was like, I really knew that I wanted to continue to give myself a shot because I was kind of frustrated with like where I was at. I just felt like I hadn't figured it out. I hadn't really achieved, you know, what I could. And so he definitely saw something in me and wanted me to join that group. And that was a great opportunity for me at the time. It was a sketcher sponsored group. And so it was a very, very small contract, um, kind of a new group, but it was a good change for me. It was a good change of pace. And I, I did kind of start seeing results right away. I went from, you know, 419, I think I was injured that next summer. And then the next year I'd run 410. And so I felt like I was kind of finally seeing progress that I wanted to see. What was the change? I mean, that's a huge chunk after, you know, just shaving off the one second all through college. Yeah, totally. There were, there were a lot of changes. And I think some of this is pretty individual. I did a lot more strength training when I moved to Portland and it seemed like that for me was a big factor in staying healthy. There were a lot of changes as well in like race tactics, expectations, um, I trained very hard. I was not as limited in college. I was like pretty limited by the mileage I could run. And here I was able to sustain a little bit more. I was able to kind of gain some intensity and some strength. And I think I personally am kind of naturally weak. And so strength training for me, I think, had a lot of benefit. And I think that's kind of an individual thing. And yeah, started working with race tactics or it was like, okay, like, you are going to be in the front of this race. And that for me is kind of a game changer. It sounds stupid, but, you know, I think when I'm back in a race, the race still gets really hard because you're running really fast and I'm kind of giving myself maybe like bad feedback or I'm like, oh my gosh, this isn't going to plan. And so I was able to kind of stay engaged better if I'm in, you know, the front part of a race. And so that was new and that seemed to help. Um, yeah, so there, there were a few factors, but yeah, that was nice for me and kind of validating to finally kind of see progress again. Are you still in touch with anybody from that group? I am still in touch a little bit. I have one friend that, you know, I, I've since changed coaches. I'm now coached by Dina Evans. And so I have one other friend that, you know, I, I used to run with and that I run with, you know, now sometimes who's also coached by Dina um, Anna Connor, and she's had a lot of success this year. She's been able to run like an 800 meter PR that was a long time coming. And so 
I do still stay in touch with her and it's kind of nice, you know, we'll stay together at like one of the sound meets or something like that. Hey friends, a quick break here to thank Viore for supporting this podcast. Listen, Viore has the most comfortable performance joggers, my favorite sweatpants ever. And if you don't have them already, just add them to your list of things to have because they are incredible. Their clothes are versatile and comfortable. They're designed to look great in everyday life outside of the gym, but also very functional inside the gym. My husband has a ton of their shorts. He wears them both to run and just as everyday wear. They're the most comfortable lined athletic shorts. He also has some of their swim trunks. I'm just a big fan of their style and the quality of their products. So for a limited time, for our listeners, Viore is offering you 20% off your first purchase. Go to Viore slash another. And not only will you receive 20% off your first purchase, but you can enjoy free shipping for any U.S. order over $75 and free returns. That's Viore. V-U-O-R-I dot com slash another, and that'll get you 20% off your first order. All right, friends, back to the show. Um, Speaking of 800 meters, you like, you're running anywhere from the 800 to the 5K right now. That's a pretty wide range. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> That's crazy. It's awesome. Thanks. Yeah, I have always been scared of the eight. Really? It feel like my event. Yeah, I think the eight is terrifying. Like, put me in my own lane. It <laughs> so fast. Um, so fast. Yeah. So I've been able to. I think I finally kind of took some pressure off of myself. I'm like, okay, this isn't my event, but like, I need to get better at this for the fifteen hundred. And like, been able to kind of race a few of these. Is like, okay, this is like learning opportunity need to go kind of figure this out and it's going pretty well yeah too flat that's your new PR right yeah (laughs) what does that feel like because what was your PR before that you just ran that this past summer yeah so last year I ran an 800 meter PR and it was like 203.98 okay 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 that's better and so Yeah, I was, I mean, I'm honestly a little bit surprised this year and I'm really pleased with it because I feel like the ability to compete in the 800 is going to help me in the 1500 in like tactical races. You know, USA's for me has been a really big struggle these past two years. And so I think I've kind of worked on that 800 kind of specifically with that in mind that I think that ability will be helpful in like a tactical kind of 1500. Is that something that you and Dina, your coach have like strategically talked about? Totally. Yeah. Did she bring it up or did you? She brought it up. (laughs) (laughs) I really, yeah, I like to avoid and I'm on board now. Um, Uh I think Dina's great. And so she definitely has a point. I'm always kind of hard pressed to want to, you know, I pay for all of my travel to these races. And so I don't necessarily want to pay to travel to race an 800 meter race. Right. Not my event. You know, you're pricing out what some of these trips are going to be. And you're like, okay, we're looking at $1,200. Like, do I want to pay 1200 to run an eight? No. Like I, and so, uh, I got, I got one of them in, in Portland this year. And then, from there, been like, okay, like we're gonna, this is important. There's an outcome I want from this. Um, yeah, just gonna do the thing. And I think I'm not necessarily betting on myself, but when you are very aware of like how much money these trips are, you're like, okay, like I, I need to perform. Like this needs to be, need to get something out of this. And so, yeah, I've been happy with the aid. Yeah, it's a different kind of pressure than having a sponsor and not having a sponsor because obviously with a sponsor it's getting paid for but you have the sponsor pressure but for you you're like I just threw all this money at this like I gotta go Uh uh-huh a lot of times like what are you doing like yeah is this yeah very expensive hobby I have so (laughs) 
yeah um yeah it's like kind of an internal pressure where I'm like okay like gotta make this trip count because this one is not cheap so okay we'll talk about your job too Eleanor works full-time in software marketing but like what is your hope what do you what do you want in a perfect world with your running and sponsorship and your own work situation outside of running that's such a good question I think in an ideal ideal world you know I'm very very adaptable I can adapt to different situations you know I would love to be sponsored I think I've seen a few comments online it's like oh she does it for the love of it mm. it's like oh, it's hard like it's um so I've definitely I've found a way to make it work there are a lot of benefits to having a job there are a lot of good things and I'm really happy that I've made it work so I want to preface it by saying that but would I love to be sponsored and to have a contract and like yes I would and I think I would I'm guessing I would still work in some capacity but it might not be as much as I'm working now and this is all ideal ideal world but um I have a lot of days that are pretty hard like it it's not necessarily a very easy like this is not the perfect balance like this is a way to get it done and I yeah Lots of good things, but like this is not necessarily the ideal way I would draw it up. Yeah. So you stayed with my friend Jess when you were <laughs> in town for the Sir Walter Mile. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, she's great. I had so much fun with them. She's one of yeah. my closest friends here, and I've I've known her for a long time. And um, so she gave me a little bit of intel. She was like, Eleanor was like working the whole time she was here. She was on calls and emailing and, you know, it's just crazy to think like a lot of these athletes are in town. They're like reading and resting, you know, (laughs) which is great too. But like you, your mind is in this whole other place. You can't think about the racing all the time because you literally have to work Mm -hmm. outside of running. Totally. And there are, you know, upsides and downsides to all of it. I don't even know how well I would do if I was only running. Like I am pretty anxious. I like to overthink things. I think Mm. sometimes it's a blessing in disguise that I need to be occupied with something else. But yeah, it's some of these days are not always super feasible. Um, But yeah, I had so much fun with Jess. She was great. She's so supportive. Oh my gosh. Yeah. You have a lifelong fan in her. Oh man, she was so supportive and yeah, I had a lot of fun. I was supposed to be here. I live in Raleigh, but I just had some things come up and I went home to Indiana for the summer for a week or two and ended up staying longer than I planned. And I just was like, I can't make it back in time. And I was super sad. Oh man, she was telling me how many podcasts you have. She's like, that's not her only podcast. I was like, oh. <laughs> what? Like, yeah. I, um, <laughs> Yeah, you've got a lot going on. Yeah. It's super cool though, like the what Sir Walter does. And I don't know how many other races actually do this, like that you guys stay with host families and it just feels so much more <laughs> community oriented. Oh yeah. They do a lot to promote the event too. Like they do, you know, the events at Raleigh running company and yeah, they, they definitely do a lot for that event and it, it stands out in terms of like man hours and effort that goes into it. You had a great race at Sir Walter. Thanks. Yeah, that was a fun one. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about that race. Yeah, I just figured I was in really good shape and I knew I just kind of wanted to push the pace. And so, you know, I knew, I knew looking at the field, it was like, Nikki's really good. And I just didn't see really a downside in pushing the pace where I was like, you know, sometimes you weigh, should it be a tactical race? It's mm-hmm. like, Nikki, it's so fast that, like, there's a pretty good chance it's tactical and, like, I still lose. And so it's like, you know what? Like, I'm just, I'm going to go for it. I think I was pretty sure I could run a pretty big mile PR just based on what I'd done in the 1500. Felt like my 800 was coming along really well. And so I kind of saw the opportunity for it. Um this year was kind of a funny year. I think at that time there weren't a ton of other races to do. And so I was like, okay, like I have a good race. I have a great opportunity. Like I need to make this count because I don't really know how many other races will pop up this summer. Um, it's all kind of undecided at that time. And so, yeah, I just figured 
I was pretty fit and I was going to take a swing at it and it went pretty well. 423. What was, how many seconds, like, did you shave off your mile PR? Yeah, it was my mile PR previously was 429. Oh, that is huge. Yeah, it was big. I will also add the caveat that like in the summer, all of the really serious races, you tend to run the 1500. Yeah. And so that's kind of like, maybe I run one mile a year. It's outdoor. And so it's maybe not as representative a mark as like a 1500 would have been, but it was still a big PR. It was fun. Tell me what you love about the mile. Like what, how different does that feel from the 15? Yeah, it's, um, it's interesting. It, the 15 for some reason feels to me a good deal shorter just because of the way that you can kind of approach it mentally. Mm -hmm. I think you the first 300 and then all of a sudden you have three laps left and the mile definitely four whole laps. Um, feel the whole four, (laughs) the full four. Yeah. Plus another nine meters. Um, yeah. So I've been trying to approach it just more like a 15 where I'm like, okay, they shouldn't be a different pace. Yeah. I should be able to like, whatever I run through 800 and the 1500 should be fine in a mile. Um, yeah, they're funny that they're so close. But yeah, like maybe a little bit harder to approach mentally. <laughs> like, oh, still have two whole laps left. Like, mm-hmm. um, yeah, the 1500 goes by a little bit quicker in my head. So you and Dina have, have you, you know, doing those 800 meter races that we talked about that yeah. are so expensive to travel to for two laps around a track. Yeah, <laughs> not my event. <laughs> but I'm wondering, like, before that, did you swing more to the 5K? Yeah. I was just kind of curious about what I could do in the 5K. And I, I still kind of am. I don't think I've necessarily figured it out um, the way that I I feel like I should have more in the tank in the 5K. Um, it is definitely a different event. But I've wanted to – I just have run the 1500 for so long that I kind of have a lot of self-pressure for – how those go or like what that kind of time means. And I just felt like in the 5k, it felt kind of new to me. And so I was able to, I just felt less pressure in the 5k where I was like, Oh, see what's out there. And I think if you're really fit, you should kind of have some range from one event to another. And so, yeah, this year it was kind of just like curious about the 5k. Um, yeah, I think I ended the season kind of wanting more in the 5K or feeling like I haven't quite figured it out how I would like to. But yeah, I, I felt like I needed to mix it up. Um, and it's always kind of fun to feel like you don't have as much pressure. It's all self-induced, but yeah, it's totally. there. Yeah, fifteen yeah. nineteen. So that's a new 5K PR. Yeah. So, I mean, I feel like if you're hitting fifteen nineteen, you can see sub-15. I, so when I ran 1519, I'd run the eight that night also. Uh-huh. So I like ran the eight. I had maybe an hour in between and then I ran the 5k. And so it's was like, I think, I think I can do more in the 5k mm-hmm. um, than I did. But yeah, I hadn't done a lot of doubles and I was like, Oh, like this is a fun idea. Like just see what <laughs> you can do. And like, Oh, by the time the 5K gun went off, it was not feeling like a very cute, fun idea. Um, <laughs> so I I hope that there's more in the tank in the 5K, and I feel pretty sure that there is. But I think it's one of those events, like, it really matters being in the right 5K. Mm. Like, being in one where people are going to go run, you know, the standard prior to what they had just released was 1510. And so I think there are only a few 5Ks where you have like the critical density that's all going to go run under 1510. Hey friends, a quick break here to thank Pravenex for supporting this episode of the podcast. Pravenex is where I go for my multivitamins and supplements, particularly the Joint Health Plus is such a great supplement for runners. It protects your joints. I've had so many people come to me and say they couldn't believe how well the Joint Health Plus worked and how much better they feel from using it. I am a big fan of their protein powder. I use it pretty much every day. My kids use it as well. It's delicious. 
They have vanilla and chocolate. It is vegan and it is tasty to just shake up with water after a quick workout or you can make a really delicious nutrient-dense smoothie with it. I actually sprinkle it on bananas and peanut butter for my kids. They love it that way. And there's just no other company I believe in like I believe in Prevenex when it comes to vitamins and supplements and protein powder, I should add. Go to Prevenex.com, use the code ANOTHER for 15% off your first order, or you can use the code LINDSAY15, L-I-N-D-S-E-Y-1-5 for 15% off. Go check it out. They have a money-back guarantee on all their products, so if you are not 100% satisfied, they will make it right with you. But I have a feeling you will be satisfied. Prevenex.com, use the code ANOTHER, or LINDSAY15 for 15% off your order. All right, back to the show. Now, your husband is a marathoner. He is, yeah. So can you get runs in together? Because, I mean, he's he's a fast marathoner. What's his PR? He is run. He's run the low 220s. Um, yeah, he ran, I think he ran 225 in LA, and he's run 224 at CIM. And so he's been a great training partner for me. Um, it's been very fun. But, yeah, we do get a lot of runs in together, and it's like, it's a great way to spend time together. He works from the office maybe like part of the week and I work remotely full time. So if there's ever a day that we can like get a run in before he goes in or if we're both home, we really try and do that. And we get, we log a decent chunk of our miles together. We ran together this morning. Um, so if we don't have a workout, we kind of try and sync it up and it's nice. I was going to say though, with workouts, like what does that look like? Can he hang with you at all or... Yeah, he has really found like a new gear. Um, I have had a few where I'm like, so he will do my training or not always, but for the past two years, he's kind of given up his own training Mm -hmm. to do mine through the spring, which is super cool of him. Like he's definitely sacrificing, you know, that could be put towards a marathon or a half marathon and he's gone like all in on the track and it's been super helpful for me. It even just like emotionally, it's really nice to have someone there. And so, but yeah, I will have a couple workouts where I'm like, okay, there's no way he can hang on this and he will just find a new, like, (laughs) somehow I bring out the competitive best in Scott and (laughs) he will, yeah, yeah. (laughs) I've had like some, I feel like mile pace kind of stuff, like really hard, like pretty fast, longer reps. And I'm like, okay, like, there's no way he can hang and yet he finds a way. Um, and he ran, he ran a lot of time trials last year on the track and like had PRs also every distance. So just by himself, just by himself. Yeah. What's his mile PR? His mile PR, I think it was 429. Oh yeah. Had me barely. Um, he also doesn't really run the mile though. Yeah. Right. He runs it less than I do. It's like, Oh shoot. Um, he has the household 3k. I have the mile now. Um, so yeah, he has the 5k. What's his 5k? His 5k was 14.59. Oh, you guys are like so close to each other in general. Yeah. Oh, totally. Yeah. That's kind of fun. It is fun. And you just got married last year. Yeah. Yeah. Congratulations. Thank you. So, um, yeah, I think that's so cool when husbands and wives can trained together a little bit and also he just like he has a taste of what your hard work is he knows oh he's so supportive yeah he like if he can travel to some of my races he'll do it he's like very very supportive so that's been super helpful for me it's been awesome speaking of travel you have literally been everywhere like I feel like you were traveling a ton this summer me too yeah I, <laughs> I definitely it, it probably yeah it's for sure the most I I think the trip I just got back from just had a lot of different parts. Um, so that was actually the longest trip of my life. Um, how long have you been back? I'm at this point, I'm calling Colorado home because I like can't <laughs> like I left on August 16th and I got back Friday. So it was like a, it's a solid it's the 16th to the 16th. Yeah, solid month. Some in the States, some yeah. in the UK. Were you in Italy too at some point? I was. <laughs> yeah. We did. I was in the Bahamas for NACAC. And then I went, yeah, I did like 
Italy, the UK, spent a couple days in Switzerland, went to Fifth Ave, and then ended at a work trip in Montreal. Whew. Are yeah. you exhausted? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so what are you going to do this fall? What's your plan just in life in general? Yeah, I, let's see, we have a couple weddings we're going to go to. Um, Fun. Scott is for the New York Marathon. And oh, he's so running New York. He is, okay. yeah. So will you go? I will go. Okay. Yeah, I might do the 5K out there. I'm not quite sure yet. It was also like a pretty long season for mm-hmm. me. Um, there's that like 5K chance the day before. So that's a, something I'm thinking about. But right now it feels even like a little bit too soon mm-hmm. to decide. And so let's see, I took last week as like a break and I was just at work. And so this week is kind of fun because I'm in Colorado now and I'm not often here when I can like do a lot of hiking or do a lot of fun stuff. I'm kind of here like in March, which is not uh, for the faint of heart up in the mountains. And so it's like beautiful here. It's really fun to be outside kind of continuing on with like maybe a break mentality, but easy running, which I love. Um, So I'm not sure this fall, but kind of like, I'm excited to be home and Mm. I'm, you know, lucky enough to like, I'm kind of excited for my little daily routines and just, yeah. Um, I saw that you hiked your first 14er. I did. How was that? (laughs) It was pretty hard actually. Really? (laughs) Yeah. I thought it was tough. It was, um, I had so much fun doing it and I've like, honestly, I tried to do one last summer but we didn't really plan it very well Mm -hmm. and didn't understand the route very well I went up with my dad and it was at the top it was really technical and it was like oh my gosh like I don't know if this is the day for it and so I've like really had it on my bucket list and I thought like the descent was pretty tough like I only did they ranked like class one through five and this was a class one which is the easiest and I okay Man, coming down off the top, like I was pretty nervous a little bit. And so like afraid of falling. Yeah, totally. Like a lot of loose rock. It's really steep. You're kind of like stabilizing against it the whole time. Um, A lot of people are up there with poles. And I was like, oh, I could see why you would want that. Mm -hmm. Um, Because it just you're on a lot of loose rock kind of coming down. But yeah, it was fun. It was tough, though. I had to take breaks walking up and I was like floored that I needed a walking break I like I think pacing yourself on that is also a concept and I was like ripping the first part and like oh my god like I need to stop for a minute like this is really it was humbling um yeah there are people that are like much more experienced and a lot better with that but yeah I was pretty pumped to finally do it who'd you do it with I did it. My mom went out with me and she hiked up partway and then hiked back. It's just like you're really high altitude wise. Um, it's just really tough physically. And so she was just going to be, I don't think she wanted me doing it on my own. Right. Um, Scott had a long run. And so, yeah, it was just me. Um, Aww. Yeah, it was cool. And there were some other like women that were on there you know, up there on their own, I could kind of feel like there's probably also a community there. One gal was up there and we each took each other's picture. Yeah, it was cool. So I'm curious this summer, like, I know that US champs weren't the outcome that you wanted them to be. And you mentioned earlier, like, you've struggled with those in the past. But you really like picked yourself up and like, had an incredible remainder of the season. How'd you do that? Yeah, I took a little bit of time and it took some processing and U.S. champs are hard for me to process, but there were like there were races that next weekend. I wasn't going to do them because I was kind of just feeling sad and mm. not into it. I had a lot of people that asked me, you know, like, why didn't you do the Yakima Mile? And I was like, oh, I was like not in a great spot um, <laughs> post U.S. champs, but the like union team asked me to pace mm-hmm. like just record attempt. And so that was kind of a cool opportunity for me to just like dig myself 
you know, out of the little hole that I was in, I was like, okay, I don't want to race, but like I could pace, you know, that's fine. And like it paid a little bit. It's a good opportunity. It's like, okay, this sounds cool. Like it's always cool to like be a part of like a national record or something like that. And it was actually Pete Julian that was like, okay, like there is a 1500 meter mark. So like you should just try. It's like, you'll be pretty close to like getting the standard. We don't know what it'll be next year. We don't know if the window's open, but like, you know, you're going to run 1200 meters, like just if you want. And so I was like doing the math on it. I was like, okay, like this record attempt is so fast that like this seems feasible. And so that went well. And I think that for me, I guess I needed that like also just kind of emotionally where it's like, okay, like this is, this is good. Like I definitely didn't do what I wanted to do at USA's, but I kind of pulled myself out of feeling sorry for myself and I felt, you know, excited for things to come. And so I think that race played a big part in kind of putting me on the right trajectory after USA's. Had you paced before? Yeah, kind of quite a bit. Um, A lot of races I will kind of try to race and pace because it pays. And so Uh it kind of helps justify the cost of some of these. You're like, okay, like this is an expensive one, but like if I pace, it's not as expensive. Um, Yeah. So I've done like a quite a bit of pacing for a lot of times I'll like race the 1500, come back, pace the 5k. Okay. Um, Yeah. That kind of thing. What a wild way to have to think about it. There's another like check in the like, I'm not sponsored box. Like I have to strategize this a little bit more. Yeah, it definitely, I just come up against my own, like (laughs) just being practical. And I think it's a little bit tough as a track athlete too, where, you know, a lot of times I've been like, man, with my work schedule and track athletes race so many times. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. so I've been kind of jealous. I'm like, man, I think this would be so much doable, like more doable if I didn't race like, you know, marathons, maybe you have like three or four big races a year that you travel for and like track, it can be every week Mm -hmm. or every other. And so definitely if there is a meet that I can pace that, like it kind of just takes some of the cost pressure away from it. And that's always appreciated. So do the people that you work with, like, do they know what you do and how legit you really are? I don't know. I sometimes people ask me about running and then, you know, this was a funny trip. Like I flew from Fifth Ave to Montreal the next day and met a lot of people at work. And I was like, people were really confused why I came from New York. Like, but you're not from New York. Yeah. No, I did a race and like like meeting one new coworker, and he was just like really there was like a little bit of a language barrier it's like the marathon it's like no, no. Like, the mile and he's like I don't understand <laughs> wait so yeah like you you tell him you got third at the fifth avenue mile and they just like they're like nice yeah yeah uh, yeah like that's a really yeah. big deal but we don't have any idea Yeah, it's been funny. There have definitely been times where I'm like, okay, like, I like that my job isn't running related. Like, it's kind of nice to separate from it. And then, like, last week was just, like, it felt pretty stark. Yeah. (laughs) It's like, like, oh, man, I was on, I was on NBC on Sunday. (laughs) I just, like, I, yeah, it's a pretty, pretty stark difference sometimes. Um, That, like, they're just so unrelated. Like, people really don't know or that kind of thing there's a lot of inside baseball in the running world like just in general sometimes I throw out very well-known names like Shalane Flanagan to you know like neighbors or people and they just don't have any idea who they these people are yeah like how do you wait what you don't know who Shalane Flanagan is what (laughs) yeah like explaining the sport of track and field where you're like you either have to be like like the Olympics yeah oh or like like kids track but yeah. for adults. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, oh, like, I'm sorry. <laughs> like, yeah, it, it's a funny, yeah, it's kind of funny how like many, it's one of the most widely participated in sports in high school. And somehow by the time that you make it, you know, to this level, like it, there's a really sharp drop off in awareness. Um, 
Even yeah. people who casually run or like run half marathons on a regular basis, I don't feel like follow the pros as much as you would think. Accurate. Yeah, it's like pretty unusual to have someone that like really knows names or yeah. Um, tell us about your participation on the board in Go the Distance. It's a nonprofit organization and they pair people that are in like addiction treatment centers and they introduce running into that program. And so it's kind of a way to use running. I just think it's like the coolest application of running. And for me, you know, I volunteer at the alumni runs, which is the group of people that have like graduated from the treatment center and they're moving on. Um, and they use running just to kind of like ground themselves to work through hard things in life. And I think it's kind of what people talk about when they like also coach high school and when it's like a really refreshing change in perspective from this like high pressure, high performance running world to be able to talk to people who are just doing running for the first time and to like cheer someone on that just completed a three mile run. Be like, yeah, that's awesome. And so it's been a really cool involvement for me where there may be a lot of times where I'm feeling really busy and I don't mm. necessarily go. And then I go and I talk to these people and I'm like, man, like that's the coolest thing I've done today. And it's kind of a cool reminder too, just for like how grounding it can be, like how powerful the running community can be just all in a way that's not performance based. Like it, it's kind of more important than, and so these are all people that are using it, you know, to combat addiction and that, you know, are having some pretty hard days going through some really hard things and like able to kind of commit to themselves through running or to like prove that they can do something, prove that they can do hard things because they can like go for a run when they don't want to. And it just, um, yeah, it's like part of my goal is just to kind of raise awareness for this program because I think it's really amazing. I think it's really cool. Um, and I know that the pandemic has kind of exacerbated a lot of like addiction type issues. And mm -hmm. so I think it's a really cool way to combat that. Where did you get connected with them? I have like a perfectly matching dog. <laughs> and so I was on... I was on like a little pandemic, like peak COVID fitness walk. I'm listening to a podcast. I'm out walking Letty in my neighborhood. And this guy just starts yelling at me across the street. And so like at first I ignore him. Yeah. And he's, hey, look at our dogs. And so I run over. We both had Instagram accounts for our dogs. <laughs> um, and so we both followed. Oh, my God. They look exactly alike we were pretty far <laughs> and so in doing this like he looks at my Instagram he's like oh my god you're a runner are you kidding like this is insane like I just started this nonprofit, and like yeah so we I mean we kind of joke about it but like I'm not entirely sure it isn't but we're like man that's like kind of divine intervention that like I got involved with that group and so yeah so he's the literal founder Yes. That you just uh -huh. like ran into. I ran into him and it was like such a new program. Um, he's, yeah, like has so much enthusiasm, has so much love for this program. And so it's been really cool to watch it grow, like from something that he did entirely in his spare time, just because, you know, it's kind of his mission to like, he's finally going to be able to like get paid for it and it's growing a lot. So it's been pretty cool to be involved with that. It's one of those things where you like, you could have just walked away though and been like, oh yeah, that's really cool. I'm so happy for you. But like, how did you make the decision? Like, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to like go all in. Yeah, it, there was just something there. It's like, it was kind of hard to put my finger on it, but like, he was so sweet. He's so enthusiastic. Like, I've never seen a dog that looks like Letty. <laughs> <It's> like <laughs> Well, right. And Lenny's were, like a mixed like, random breed of who knows oh, what, right? Yeah. Like something was just like, okay, this is meant to be like, I took all these pictures, like went back to Scott's like, look, Scott, that's not Letty. Like, <laughs> this is like, <laughs> so it's 
So yeah, it went from like maybe a doggy play date was just like kind of meant to be. Um, yeah. That's so cool. And so cool that you didn't just like walk away and say, I'll yeah. think about it another time. Yeah. I was pretty glad I like pulled out my podcast. I was like, <laughs> going to listen to this crazy guy, but yeah. Trust yeah, your gut. Seems yeah. safe. Let's just chat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, where did you and Scott meet your husband? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I like saw him at Portland Track Festival when I first moved to Portland. And it's like such a millennial, like he was following me. I was following him. So I kind of like knew who he was. So. Oh, you said millennial. Did you say millennial? Yeah. (laughs) Like a millennial thing. Yeah. Yeah. um, And so, yeah, saw him at PTF and. Eventually, I shot him a DM, like, <laughs> meant to introduce myself, being that I kind of stared you down at PTF, and yeah. <laughs> Were you, like, scared uh, when you sent it, like? Oh, my gosh, yes. I, yeah, I'd been drinking. I, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, he left it on red for, like, a day, and I was like, oh, my God. Like, like no I, response. No response scene, um, like, Portland running community isn't huge. So it's like, way to go. Like, you're going to run into you're this You're going to see him at the freaking coffee um, shop. All the yeah, I'm going to see him at the coffee shop. I'm going to see him at Forest Park. I'm going to see him, like, it's like, oh, no. Um, yeah, and, like, not my style. Not, I just had a feeling. And then he finally wrote you back. Yes. <laughs> and was he like, yeah, nice. I wanted to meet you, too. Like, yeah, we, like, had a friend in common. Um was like one of his good friends so he mentioned that friend and then like kind of like flowed from there yeah yeah I was super relieved I was (laughs) way to take a swing oh my gosh yeah I had my phone like turned off in my kitchen table I'm like oh my god what did I do (laughs) oh it's so bad especially when you think you're gonna see him you're gonna like run into him again I am so embarrassed (laughs) (laughs) it all worked out it did. Yeah. Scary at first, but, uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, Eleanor, I'm so excited for, you know, the year that you've had and to see what's next for you. I think that sponsors are coming. I would love that. <laughs> you hear me? Everybody listening. Are there any sponsors <laughs> listening? I'm sure you've heard people say that before. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Hey, what is something professionally or personally you'd like to do that you haven't done yet? You know, the first, there are a lot of things, but the first thing when I saw that question, like, man, I think like my big goal, I would really love to make a team. And then otherwise I, I would like to own my own business eventually. Um, so in my research though, I saw in 2017, you were on the four by two K relay team for team USA. Yeah. Yeah. So I've done, I've done two of those. And then I just did NACAC, which was cool. Um, so yeah, those are those have all been super fun. I yeah, I just feel like I haven't quite, you know, I think the selection process for like the mixed relay, it's kind of an unknown event. Yeah. Um, just maybe why I was on it. Um, but still really <laughs> cool. So, thank you. Yeah. I like if I could make like a senior track team, that would be that would be the best. Um and I like really looked up to Steph Bruce a lot about like the way that she's kind of framed it. She's been pretty public about like, yeah, like she didn't do it, but like, has it been absolutely worthwhile to go chase that? And like, you know, she just won the Cow Har- I think Cow Harbor mm-hmm. race. And like, she's had so much success and she's been really public about like, yeah, this is my goal. And like, maybe I'm going to miss. And I feel like that's kind of been really inspiring for me or I'm like okay like yeah like I'm okay with that's that's what I want too and you know whatever journey takes me on like trying to get there or getting there I think is going to be worthwhile I love that and I think that she's so right like look at what she's done for the running community oh my gosh yeah had she just like been like well I don't know that I'm going to make a team what are my chances? I'll just quit. Like, Oh yeah. There's and so like, many stories that follow along with everything she's done. Oh yeah. And like, in terms of 
inspiration and then yeah. like also yeah. just in terms of like flat out success like she's had like some really fabulous like she's a really good competitor and she's very tough and like she's had she has an awesome like list of accolades and so you know that's been nice for me to have someone kind of pave that narrative that like really resonated with me yeah shifting the narrative from like making a team isn't the end all be all but it's okay if it's still a goal yeah yeah totally like I I feel silly like saying it and and especially until this year but like yeah that that is the goal and like might not work out but like I'm gonna try own it I love it I feel like you've really like served yourself up some real confidence to own that goal this yeah summer. it makes it yeah I would agree it's awesome. nice what kind of business do you want to own this is tough I really wanted so pre-pandemic I was like really wanting to own my own bar mm. and so it was like just pre-pandemic and so <laughs> I have all these books and it's like kind of looking at like commercial real estate and the pandemic made that look like a really tough yeah um, way to go and I, I was really excited about it and so that kind of like okay I gotta like cool the jets and right now I think with my travel schedule I don't think I could like not the right time for me yeah um and so I don't think I necessarily know what that's gonna look like but I know that especially I think when I'm done running at this level like I've done, I have a lot of work experience in a couple of different areas. And I, I know that I would love to work for myself because I know that I would be a little bit more passionate about something of my own choosing. Totally. Uh, what's the best, most recent book you've read? I read Rules of Civility pretty recently by, I'm going to butcher this author's name. I like made a mental note. It's like, you need to look this up first. Um, like Amor Tolls or Towels, or he's written a couple books. He's written like a gentleman in Moscow. Oh yeah. Way, I I think he's great. Um, so I just read Rules of Civility and I thought it was great. It's a really really good book. I need to get on his stuff because everybody talks about a gentleman in Moscow, and so yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, who is someone fun, motivating, or inspiring you'd like to have coffee, tea, or cocktail with? Yeah, I. Um... <laughs> I was like kind of trying to generate ideas. I was thinking about this and I talking to Scott about it. I have like this little celebrity crush on Toto Wolf. Like Scott is really into Formula One. Okay. And so you watch like Drive to Survive. I haven't gotten as into the races, but Drive to Survive I really like. And I have this little like there's a team manager and I just think that he is like so classy in the face of pressure. That's like, yeah, I like have a little crush on Toto. <laughs> Um, yeah, I, I would get a cocktail with Toto. Um, <laughs> Drive to Survive is the show? Yeah, it's on Netflix. Okay. Um, okay. Yeah, I love the show. It does a cool job of, like, showing the inside workings of the sport. That's cool. Formula One. Yeah, and for me, it's, like, I think track needs something like this. It made it understandable. And, like, it tells the narratives of people, like, racing and, like, what's important in a season and it gives such a cool like informed look into competition and I love it like just from other sports and like I like that show more than I like I get a little lost when I try and follow the races Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. it does a cool job of like making something that's kind of complex like track and field like understandable that would be so cool if we had that oh it would be it'd be awesome so cool Somebody, yeah. somebody invent that. It's not me. Yeah. And I'm sure the investment is huge. So if anyone wants to, yeah. Take on that. Yeah. City yeah. Smag, somebody. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. What's your last message to leave with the audience? Yeah, this is, I kind of have two that I tell myself and I find them helpful. Um, they're not maybe universally helpful, but like my first one is like, hard things are hard. Mm-hmm. And so when I struggle through something, like it, it usually helps me to remind myself that like, yeah, like this is a hard undertaking. Like this is not meant to be 
something that's doable. Like I was thinking about it yesterday when I climbed the little 14er. It's like, ah, so many people have done this. And I was like up there and it's like, oh my gosh, like I think this is a little bit scary. And I think it's like, okay, like this is like, this is hard. And like hard things are hard. So it's like, okay, to struggle or to kind of expect a struggle. So that's my first one. And then my other one, when I get kind of overwhelmed, it's like, I don't need easy I just need possible so Mm. I have to like remind myself that like maybe you know nothing was designed so that working full-time and like running like this like it's not meant to be this happy perfect balance and like I kind of have to remind myself of that when I'm struggling with that too so those are helpful for me um yeah maybe they help other people too I don't know I love those those are great thank you (laughs) Thank you for coming on the show. Thank you so much. Yeah, I so appreciate it. And like, thank you for helping tell my story. It means a lot to me. Um, I appreciate it. It makes a difference. It's awesome. So thank you. Well, I appreciate your time and your busy, busy world. Oh, this was fun for me. (laughs) Awesome. Well, let's stay in touch. Okay, sounds good. Thank you, Lindsay. All right, friends. Thanks so much for being here today. Thank you, Eleanor, for sharing your story. You all go follow Eleanor on social media and give her some love. She's a fun follow and let's cheer her on and root for this woman to get a sponsor. She sure deserves it. It's Eleanor underscore Fulton, E-L-E-A-N-O-R underscore Fulton, F-U-L-T-O-N. And also like she's got the cutest dog ever. You hear about it in this episode as well. And her dog has an Instagram, which is fun. You can find me personally on Instagram. I am lindsayhine626. On Twitter, I'm at lindsayhine. And we have a great Facebook group. I'd love for you to join. Get in on the conversations with this wonderful community. I'll have another podcast with Lindsay Hine. Don't forget, if you're feeling generous, go check out my fundraising efforts for Every Mother Counts. That is in my Instagram profile, lindsayhine626. Also in the show notes of this episode at sandyboyproductions.com. You can learn more about all the shows in our network over there. Thank you so much for being here. Have a great Friday, a wonderful rest of your weekend. And as always, I'll see you next Friday.